Lipcast Slovakia, the podcast about Slovak literature in English. Welcome to Litcast Slovakia. I'm Julia Sherwood and my guest in today's 17th episode of the podcast is Maria Modrovic. Maria is a Slovak writer, the author of four books of fiction. Her collection, Flashback, was a finalist for the Anasoft Litera Award in 2018 and was also nominated for the European Union Prize for Literature in 2019. Maria co-organizes the International Literary Festival Novotvar, held annually in Bratislava, and she is the editor of the website Books from Slovakia. Hello, Maria. Welcome to Litka Slovakia. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me. Earlier this year, you took over as editor of Books from Slovakia, which is the English language website of the Information Center for Literature. Literárne Informačné centrum, or LIT in Slovak, the agency responsible for promoting Slovak literature abroad. It uh, represents Slovak writers at uh, international book fairs, administers the translation grant scheme Slolia, and issues various publications. And it is also the producer of uh, these podcasts. Over the past few years, LIT has given its Slovak website a makeover and it now has a visually more interesting and user-friendly look. And the new revamped version of the English site was launched earlier this year, and it too is a great improvement on the earlier one. Could you tell us what its main goals and target audience are, and also why its name, Books from Slovakia, is different from the mother site? Uh, the name Books from Slovakia is borrowed from our Anglophone catalogue, a showcase of sorts, which Litz uses as its main promotional tool at book fairs and in contact with, um, with publishers in general. It is a selection of around 10 Slovak titles, which are published any given year, and it is chosen by a team of experts here, here at Litz. These books are picked based on their literary qualities as well as on their export potential. Books from Slovakia is a brand which has worked well for many years and it expresses its content in a straightforward way. That's why um, the people here at Litz thought it would work well. Since the launch of the English website has a similar goal, uh, it should promote and inform about Slovak authors and their works, it had been decided to use this user-friendly and easy-to-remember name. All in all, we could say that the new website should offer its visitors a reliable tool to navigate the waters of Slovak literature, whether someone wants to look up a particular author or publication or to check out the latest news from the Slovak literary world. Uh, I assume that you took on this post before the pandemic broke out. So the new reality we have found ourselves in this year has probably affected the plans for the site. Did you have to make many changes to the original concept? And also, looking back, how do you feel about what you and your team were able to achieve in the first year? Well, I feel like we didn't have to compromise too much with the website. If anything, the pandemic pushed us toward um, an even more focused effort to launch the site and to get its content ready as fast as possible, as it was becoming clear that online was the place where most of the literary life would take place. Oh. With major book fairs and events cancelled or limited to an online version, it became clear that the English website was a tool we desperately needed to have at hand. 
And during my first year, and well before that too, Sonia Urikova was responsible for the actual launch of the website, the communication with the IT company that set it up for us. I think this gargantuan task to act as a mediator of sorts between the IT crowd and the lead team was on her shoulders, mostly. And then there's Barbara Nemet, who took over after Katarina Kutzbelova had left last January, so I have been working with her after I had translated into English the profiles of authors which Katarina and her team originally, together with Mirka Valova, our director, had selected about a year ago. And since then, it had basically been about getting the selected profiles ready, then translating annotations of selected works by these authors, plus preparing other web content, interviews, articles, and so on. Looking back, we have done quite a bit over the first year, and when we take into account that we started almost from zero. Well, certainly have populated the website, and, and uh, I know how much work that is, because the process that you described uh, is very similar to what Magdalena Malak and I went through on a much smaller scale with our website, uh, slovakliteracture.com. It has been a great source of inspiration, by the oh. way, your website. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, so what are your plans for the future development of the site in terms both of content and structure? Now, will you be planning to highlight particular authors or genres or introduce any other features? So, um, yes, and a new feature that we plan for, for 2021 Mm, is is uh, is an online version of the eponymous Books from Slovakia catalog. We want it to be informative, impeccable design-wise and interactive in the sense that it would allow a visitor of the website to sort of leaf through the content of the online catalog as if it were sneaking a peek into a book. Uh, in addition to running Books from Slovakia, you actually are one of the highlighted authors there and your bio on the website says that writing has been in part informed by your stays abroad and by the ambiguity of existing between two places. And for example, you wrote op-ed columns for Slovak newspapers during your stay in New York City. So can you talk a little bit about the kinds of subjects you covered in your journalism while you were based there? And also, has your stay in New York City shaped or inspired your literary work in any way? Well, when I was there, my, my columns were mostly um, everyday sketches of, of New York, but I was mostly writing about um, literary readings that I went to and about other cultural events that I attended and I, that for me were enjoyable and interesting and then turned out to be, you know, interesting for Slovak readers as well. So, so that was my, you know, th those were my op-ed columns. And when it comes to my prose, I guess the first two books were heavily informed by my life in New York, perhaps, as you mentioned, in particular by the modern, non-politically driven immigration experience when, when a person is operating between two homes and living between two homes, sort of physically and most of all mentally. So that was, that, that's, I think that those are the topics that I sort of uh, <laughs> went around. So, uh, with these first two books, uh, you were part of this uh, sub-genre of Slovak literature, of expat literature. <laughs> yes. But then you moved on from there. So, could you just uh, tell us a little bit more about the kind of genre, or form or style of your writing in general? Hmm. Well, I guess we could say I write uh, literary fiction and um, people have said about my writing that the crucial 
things you know remain <laughs> remain unsaid that i uh i often rather hint at a plot or at an arc than build it up properly so so maybe we could say that the main things are are, are left unsaid and my uh, last two books consist of shorter texts that are interwoven and interconnected and they are again they are neither short stories collection or nor there are there novels in a traditional sense and the main reason for the form you know for the for for flashback was the fact that i was writing during my maternity leave and i didn't have um too much time i didn't have the luxury of a generous time frame for writing continuously over over longer stretches uh, of time so i made use of <laughs> what was at hand and uh, with interview of a cult member my most recent book um the form sort of material materialized on its own it was not a matter of a rational decision or too much speculation once i wrote the first interview uh which i wrote as a short story for a magazine i realized i was having too much fun to abandon the topic and and the form as well so i just continued i just uh, wanted to uh, go back a little bit to uh new york city because the world there is literary world is quite tough and i was wondering what it was like for a budding slovak writer to try and fit in and how much interest or knowledge of slovak literature did you find uh, among the reading public and critics uh, well is this the scene is uh, you know very exciting and very tough to enter at the same time and i was extremely naive when i went to new york and thought that you know paying for a continuing studies course in creative writing at uh, at nyu would be like a gate opener <laughs> into the literary world but what was perhaps best uh, within this experience of mine was uh, meeting the people that i have met and it was quite intriguing to watch some writers with whom i have you know shared the occasional stage at a reading uh rise to a quasi fame or and it was equally interesting to see people from the literary world who have been on the scene for decades uh go down <laughs> unexpectedly and irrevocably so uh then of course there were many people floating somewhere in between these two extremes and uh, they were you know at a certain level writing for fun and not stressing it too much which i guess is a good position to be in it allows for a certain freedom uh, and although of course it is much better to be able to work as a writer and when it comes to interest um, i have not i have to admit i have not come across people who were interesting in slovak literature per se uh, people were interested always on the lookout for great writing but they didn't necessarily care where it came from so it was not you know it was not a matter of yo you're from slovakia I, i want to read your stories because you are from there it didn't really work like that i don't know if it didn't work like that because slovakia was not interesting as a literary country or just because it's 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 not interesting in that way through you know through a national sort of connection so but uh, like i said you know slovak literature didn't really have a name to itself when i lived there but it that was 10 years ago so since then the us and the uk uh have had many uh, publishing houses publish uh, slovak authors in translation many of these translation translations were yours and your husband's so uh you know you you really seem to be the great living champion of slovak literature abroad and i'm 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 sure uh, the english speaking audience will find uh, their way 
to Slovak authors and their works? Well, thank you for the compliment, but uh, there's still a, an awful lot to do. <laughs> there, there is. It's a never-ending task. Um, so to come back to your uh, book, Rozhovor s členkou kultu, interview with a cult member, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the inspiration behind it. So I only read the beginning so far, but what struck me immediately was uh, that it reminded me of uh, the uh, mock interviews in uh, David Foster Wallace's uh, brief interviews with hideous men. So I wonder if that's a coincidence. And also your book is set among women who have joined a kind of sect or cult, uh, similar to the place where some, one of the characters of Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other ends up. And her book, for which she won the Booker Prize, was published in the same year as yours. So clearly that was a coincidence rather than an inspiration. But I just wonder if there is something in the air about these sects or did something like that actually occur in Slovakia? Well, I haven't read Evaristo's book yet, but I can wait. And there's also a book by uh, the Czech writer Petra Hulova that uh, people had recommended to me, but I haven't read that either. Uh, but I guess there really is something in the air. Well, I mean, the the form of my book, uh, um, these you know, these fake short interviews in which we don't read the journalists' questions, but only the answers to them, is indeed borrowed from David Foster Wallace's collection of stories. His brief interviews with hideous men was uh, was quite a big thing when I was when I was reading it, and the, and the book stayed with me for a long time after I, I had read it, and it was you know it was years ago, it was maybe fifteen years ago, I don't remember exactly. Then a couple of years back, I met a man who told me his life story and he said that his girlfriend abandoned him to, to go live in an all-female community. And this piece of information was really astounding to me and it really stirred something up. And uh, so I started picturing the community and I started even snooping around a little bit. But I quickly gave it up because I, I realized these women had a right to, you know, to live their life as they pleased. And I also did not want to be tied down by reality. I wanted to create my own community of fictional women, and you know, and be able to ponder why why women would you know leave their quote unquote normal existence uh, behind and go live among other women only. And uh, lastly, I remembered. Um, Top of the Lake, the phenomenal short series by Jane Campion, uh, where Holly Hunter plays a sort of anti anti guru or, or 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 guru. She's a character inspired by the Indian, well, anti philosopher Yuji Krishnamurti, who Campion cited in an interview as a friend and as one of the uh, one of the last truly free people. And I remember that uh, the, the the side story of the community of runaway women interested me more than the main plot of the series. And all of these factors sort of came together when I began working on my book. So, you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, I have predominantly written about uh, female, female characters who are sort of, um, on 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 edge I, i'm i'm always interested in that point where things could go wrong and whether they will go wrong or not so your earlier book uh, the collection flashback or flashback in slovak uh, was <laughs> yeah. uh, was a final <laughs> it's a hybrid <laughs> yes 
was a finalist for Slovakia's most prestigious literary prize, uh, Anna Soft Litera. Uh, what did it mean for you to be shortlisted and how important do you think literary prizes of this kind are for writers and for introducing their work to general public? Well, I remember I was I was very happy when I when I found out I, I was in the final 10 and I, I I believe that the year I was nominated was the the first year when when they introduced the the top five finalists so when I when I got in into the last five finalists I was I was really happy I really remember that moment it, it didn't last long as these things probably never do but it was it was a very ho happy moment for me I mean, Anna of Litera is uh, Anna of Litera is no doubt, you know, the most prestigious fiction award in Slovakia. So, yes, it was it was a big deal to me to to be there in the top five. And I can't really speak for all the literary prizes, but this one has has had the ability to highlight the work of uh, of the featured authors, which I think is great. And yes, it you know it uh, sorely needs to be needs to be done. It needs to be promoted because as as you know. It's very different in a on on a market uh, that has that has a large um, audience, but the, but here in Slovakia the the literary market is not that big, and the the market for um, for you know literary writing is even smaller. So this is this is something that really needs to be done, and it it, it is a great way to highlight these authors, I think. Certainly, I, I really feel that Anna Sofit Litera has helped uh, raise the profile of uh, literary writing, so it really is great that it exists. And it really installed, I think, some names on, you know, on, the, on the scene. Yes, and it's really wonderful to see that there, for a while there is sustained focus on writers who don't normally get so much space in, in the media, <laughs> unlike, uh, yeah. unlike uh, genre fiction, for example. And exactly. so you you know this side of the literary business uh, from the other side as well because you've served on the panel for a couple of literary competitions. So can you talk a little bit about the prizes you have judged and tell us a little bit more about them? Sure. Uh, I have judged, I think for three consecutive years, the National Short Story Competition, which is held by the publisher Koloman Kertes Bagala. And it's uh, called eponymously Povietka, short story. And I view, uh, for me, it was a pleasant way to give back, as uh, as this competition um, was where I sort of started literally. Um, I was one of the finalists, one of the awarded finalists in I think it was 2010. And uh, me being in the my story being in the anthology of that of that year uh, led to. To an offered contract and to you know to Kali offered me uh, offered to publish my first book Luan Mira, Luan Mira, and um, it, it sure is hard work to read through all of the entries, but it's also a lot of fun. Um, I have uh, served on the panel with uh, Pavel Ranko, and he was he was very pleased pleased when I called him this year too. He's one of the few who is who is really looking forward to this you know judging <laughs> work. And I, 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 I do think it's good to be on the other side to see it from there, um, to see to see potential and to be able to discuss and debate the finalists with you know with, within the circle of with the fellow judges. 
And aside from Povietka, I also served on the panel of Mediriatki, which is a competition for students of elementary schools, high schools and university students as well. And this was perhaps even more challenging because we were judging three separate categories. However, reading aspiring young authors, especially the young children, uh, has a very reward rewarding element to it. And the Mediriatki competition is special even in, in a way because it offers its finalists a week-long stay uh, with, with workshops led by the judges and other literary professionals. And I really do think this is, this is special for someone who is just starting out, being able to, you know, to talk to living authors, to sort of get a foot in the world of, of, of literature. So I, th I, think, I think that's great. Yes, I imagine this must be really for a, for a young budding writer, a fantastic yeah. opportunity. Uh, so, uh, apart from f uh, these competitions, these days writers really have to be uh, performers as well. And uh, appearances at literary festivals have become the bread and butter of the work. And that in Slovakia there are so many festivals, it's sometimes impossible to keep track of them <laughs> all, all over the country and throughout the year. And each has its own particular slant. And uh, just last week you took part in a festival I had never heard of before called Ipsalon in Trnava. So did you enjoy your appearance there? And uh, it actually had to be virtual. And also, which are your favorite uh, festivals in Slovakia and why? Ypsilon was very charming, I have to say. It was held in Mali, Berlin, which is, a, which is something of a hip cultural hub in Trnava. It was very professionally prepared and the, they had a really great lineup of authors. Like you said, unfortunately, the attendance of people was limited, so we streamed online. And I do hope the streams find their viewers. Um, for, for me, it was not that much different, uh, you know, to talk in front of a camera rather than having a live audience than I thought it would be. Um, the lovely people from the festival, I guess, were responsible for the fact that I felt at, uh, completely at ease. Um, when it comes to festivals, uh, I, I have to admit that I'm very partial. Uh, I really do have to say Novotvar is my fa favorite festival of them all. Okay, and let's talk about Novotvar then. So uh, you are actually on the organizing team. Exactly. So can you introduce this festival a little bit? Sure, I would love to. Well, as far as I know, Novotvar is, uh, is the love child of uh, the writer Peter Schule, who is also my publisher and the editor-in-chief of the Arts and Culture Review uh, Volna, and of the young poet Michal Talo. Originally, I think it was these two. And pretty soon, the poets Maria Ferenczuhova, who I think was on the podcast before, and uh, Peter Breznian joined the team and maybe they were even there at the very beginning. I'm, I'm not sure about this. And um, so I have been involved in the last two editions of the festivals uh, of the festival. I came aboard uh, last year. Uh, Novotvar is an international literary festival uh, of both poetry and prose. And we try to put together a lineup of um, authors who we find innovative, new or, you know, original in, in, in any way. The focus really is on the actual readings and performances. There is not, 
too many, you know, discussions or debates. I mean, there there is other program, there are performances of other artistic genres, but really the main focus is on the on the actual readings. So this is a hardcore literary festival, so to speak. We never really spoke about it like this, about, you know, um, what, what what is the festival, what it's supposed to be, at least not while I was there. I'm sure they have had these discussions before. But I feel that Novotvar is the kind of festival that we would you, that we want to be interesting for the public as well as for the authors. It's the kind of festival that we, all of us authors, would want to attend <laughs> to be able to find ourselves, um, you know, immersed among writers from various corners of the world and at various stages of their careers and with various artistic approaches, but every everyone doing their thing, uh, focused and in their distinctive voice. And of course, um, this year, uh, everything kept changing because of Corona. At different moments in time, we struggled with different questions. First, we weren't sure if the festival was happening at all, then whether it would happen within the dates that we had set up, whether we, we should try to postpone it or not. Then when it became clear that we would make it in the last minute before the country went into a sem- into a semi-lockdown when gatherings would be absolutely prohibited. We weren't sure which authors from which countries would be able to attend. And these variables kept changing and challenging us. So some of the authors who couldn't or wouldn't come attended via live video calls, but most of our writers uh, surprisingly made it to Bratislava, which was unbelievable in a way. And in the end, I have to say, Novotvar, 2020 was a blast. It had a certain magical aspect to it that is hard to pinpoint, but I think everyone so much enjoyed being able just to be there, to be able to perform after a longer hiatus from being able to do these things and to be able to to hear great writing live and to be able just to, to, to get together and talk that despite all difficulties and compromises, it was a, it was a really successful edition, I think. So I don't know if you started planning the participation of uh, guests for next year yet and uh, who you are thinking of inviting or who you would dream of seeing there as as a writer. (laughs) We are always thinking about the the writers that we want to have at Novotvar and uh, some of the writers that we have been um, you know, debating for this year, we're, we're not able to attend. So we have we have a few people in our minds that we will try to, you know, get here through the urgent or through uh, them personally. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I did see many of my favorite authors uh, live in New York. So I sort of have a lot of these uh, boxes uh, ticked off, but um, but some of them I would really like to see again, and ideally at Novotvar. I really don't want to name any names so that I don't jinx any, um, you know, preparations or pre pre talks. Um, uh, to have been able to have uh, Anne Carson with her husband Bob Curry last year as our guests, that was definitely a dream come true for me. I have to say it was something that really it just started out as a dream and to have that materialized at Novotvar, it was a big thing. It was a big deal. Yeah, that that is amazing, really. Yes, that's <laughs> quite a coup. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so let's come back uh, before we finish to Slovak literature, which uh, this uh, podcast really should be about. And so which of the works 
uh, that are available in English, would you recommend to our listeners and why? And where do you see the biggest gap in terms of translations into English? Are there any authors or specific books that you think Anglophone readers have been missing out on? <laughs> I really wouldn't dare uh, pick <laughs> a couple of names. And I, and I do think it's impossible to say, really, because I believe that all readers have their own unique literary tastes. And uh, ideally, they should get acquainted with all of the Slovak's books um, that are available in English translation. And I, should, I think they should read the annotations or ideally leave through a couple of pages, either physically or electronically. I'm sure the catalog that we are putting together and that will be online probably in January, February will, will help do that. And they should, you know, people should decide for themselves which particular books or authors strike them as interesting. I think this is what literature is about, that you sort of happen upon authors that you normally wouldn't dream uh, of, of reading and something intrigues you. And I think this is this is part of the magic of literature. And definitely Slovak literature has a lot to offer. And when it starts to be read more widely, I'm sure the selection of translated authors will also grow. So I, I really think it's it's now equally in the hands of, of the Anglophone readers to do their share of work. Okay, so your message, read Slovak writers, all of them. Yes, <laughs> or, you know, get acquainted with all of them, and because there's not, there's not hundreds of them who are translated into English, and we're speaking of, you know, a relatively small number. I mean, it's not small for us from our, or from our point of view, it's, 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 a, fair, it's a fair amount. But among all, all the books of the world, it's, it's, it's not a huge number. So I think it, it is it's still possible to sort of um, get an overview and choose from there. Yes, it definitely is a doable task. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time and for coming on the podcast. And I look forward to working with you through books from Slovakia and in other ways. Thank you, Julia. Thank you for having me. And thank you for this lovely uh, talk. Thank you and bye. <laughs> bye.